This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. All right, so here we go again with Minivan Dad 25. And you'd think 25, hey, that's Minivan a pretty cool thing. 25. You think that'd be a pretty cool, you know, mo- you know, monumental episode or something. So we have a very special episode tonight. And joining me tonight is the usual cast of characters. I have the soccer Breitbart conspiracy, Chris. And I have the, is it going to be, if we decide, is it going to be the dark side pad or is it going to be hat guy pad? Fuck. I think I'm hat guy pad, even though there's not a visual component here. And I'm not actually wearing a hat right now. The dark hat. The dark hat? Well, dark hat might work too. Come to you know what? Up. I just want to say, I mean, this it, this being uh, two years since uh, our most viewed U.S. fan TV episode ever, I don't think we're going to hit that same anger level, but I don't think it's going to be far off tonight, folks. Hey. You know, we're and, not going to hit the same anger level because um, that was last night. <laughs> I honestly, I wasn't even angry last night. Like I watched, um, uh, or I saw part of Alexi Lalas's thing that he put out on social media today, like his statement about all this. And he was like, you know, I'm not even angry. I'm just apathetic. And I was like, I could have read the, yeah. I could have like written the yeah. first line. And pro- I'm like, I would have said this last night had we done this. Like, you know. I was making fun of the U.S. the whole time during the game, like on on the uh, U.S. Fan TV Twitter channel. But like, I don't care. Like, I wasn't even getting upset about this. It's, it's more like I'm so disgusted that it just that I, I I've I've turned against the team more than I've turned against um, I don't know anything else. Like it it you can't you can't be mad about the results when it's like. I'm so disgusted by well everything the organization is does and stands for right now that yeah it, it, we used to be greater than the sum of our parts we used to yeah. we could send a bunch of college kids out who would play their ass off and maybe escape with a win over uh, Argentina or something like that except when we beat Argentina they didn't they didn't just escape like they just outplayed them we are now the opposite of that, though. We yeah. have the best individual young talent we've probably ever had. We have a few of these guys. And yet, the what you're seeing on the field is absolutely unwatchable. It's Heartless garbage. And gutless? It's, it's, yeah, it is, the, it is the antithesis of what an American soccer team should be. Well, and, and I think you, you, know, you hit you hit the nail on the head. Chris, I, I heard you say in the background, gutless. That's, and that's the term. And um, I did you guys, Stu Holden had his thing. Um, Taylor Twelman at the end of last night had his piece. Anybody who's been associated with that team keeps coming back to it. Last night's performance was nothing more than gutless. And it, it was, it, it, it was the TNT game again, essentially it worse because I mean, the maybe, TNT maybe game, you could argue because at least that, like just some bad things happened. Right. Kinda, it was a fluky like, game. 
it yeah, was a fluky they were game. like a series of of like one in a million things that happened. So the uh, T yeah the went, TNT game was like us. a when you I you always I always tell my kids like especially my older son don't put yourself in a bad position for then bad luck to take over and cause you to fail. So the TNT game was the game itself in a bubble was kind of a fluke. But if you look at the larger qualifying, we put ourselves in that position to yeah, be screwed yeah. over. Now we're just wasting time and we're terrible. We wasted yeah. a year to hire this guy who sucks, who should have taken the job a year before, but for some reason didn't because we only interviewed two people and one of them was actually better. And we didn't interview anybody really, really good because they don't speak English or because even though they're asking for an interview, we didn't want to do one. You could think of that from a, from a business yeah. standpoint. A highly qualified person wants to do an interview. Just do the interview. Then you could say you did at the very least. Yeah. But no, because they're, because it's basically patronage. It's basically uh, an insular operation running there in Chicago now, much like Chicago politics. <laughs> it, it's, it's disgusting to me. This Greg Berhalter is is. You know what the worst part of it is to me? Greg Berhalter was a player on those very teams that I referenced that mm-hmm. played better than the sum of their parts. He was a a gritty, tough, work hard guy. You, we have the talent. You just need the the work hard guys, and they're not there. I was now, sick to my stomach for Polisic, who you know was pulled was because of. Who was sick was, to his stomach? Apparently. Yeah, he was yeah. sick to his stomach. But you know, it, honestly, Canada has the best player, had the best player in my view in the game, in Alfonso Davies. But uh, we still should have won. I mean, well, seriously. And, and I mean, you can you can go back to you can go back to the start. Let's start with even the obvious. You've got two guys up top for Canada with Davies and I forget the other one, but with pace. So what do you do? You start two slow-ass center backs? Yeah, and people were calling that out yeah. on Twitter as an obvious problem ahead of time. It, it, it's. I mean, let's, you know, I, and I'm, I'm kind of scrolling through it. I, I did a lot of liking of things on Twitter last night because there's some great things I think that are, are kind of get into the crux of this. And. And let me let me step back and let's just say, you know, I want to I want to do a quick introduction. It's a mini band dad soccer pod. Um, and we're talking about, you know, the five stages of grief. And I feel like I honestly thought when we started, we were going to go with just, hey, you know, we're I'm already past the point of anger. We're getting to the acceptance stage. Pat, it didn't take you long to jump right back to anger. But I want to start with this quote from Bruce, um, who was interviewed. I think it was with The Athletic. And. And it says, I don't think things are growing great. I think there's an inexperienced staff. They're coaching a national team like it's a club team. Now, Bruce has been in this job a couple of times. He might know a thing or two about that. And if he says that's that that's the case, I tend to believe him. And, and as I thought about that quote with the way Burhalter's trying to implement a system that isn't like anything they've done and the level of detail he's trying to put into it. I think Bruce has hit the nail on the head. For a team that plays every two months. Correct. For a team that plays every two months. Now, if you want to try a system like that, you have to have a majority of these guys playing on a team that tries this system. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. And, but let's, let's start with that quote with Bruce. I mean, I, like I said, I think he's a hundred percent spot on and I, 
what do you what do you guys think with that that one? Well, yeah, I have a hard time with Bruce because I do blame Bruce. I blame him the least amount, honestly, for the failure last time around, even though he was in charge when it actually happened. But um, I, I, I got to say, I think he's right. It, it's it, it's it's clear that not only is there a failure from the uh, the management level, like the, the above Greg, I'm talking because of wasting a year, you know, and and, and landing on this. Uh, discount Guardiola as our as our new men's national team coach, but then yeah, from a coaching level, remember when the Columbus game when uh, Drunk Lance Armstrong was puking in front of us and we were it, basically wondering what our guys were doing because they seemed so confused. Sure. Um. And and then Bradley and Jermaine went over and basically started screaming at Jurgen and saying this is what we're doing now and and they sort of fixed things yeah at least then there were some players who were upset about the confusion and were willing to sort of fix it but it, it, this is what's frustrating because if you look at, at at the game itself it was obvious there's all these problems with the game itself right but how did we get here the bigger question is, how did we get here? It, you know, we failed to make the Olympics a couple times in a row, and and, and we failed at other youth level. We here, let, yeah, let me throw that quote because it, um, let me find that one because that was you. I, I think you're. I know where you're going with this one, Pat. And um, Will Parchman had this one from 2011 to 2016. The U.S. failed to qualify the three biggest youth tournaments: the Under 17, Under 20 World Cups. And the Olympics combined four times. Yeah. So let's fast forward five years later, five to, you know, five to 10 years later. You have got the guys are in their prime or in that the core of this team should be would be from that era, except that you can tell from that era, it wasn't good enough. And I think that's why when you look at this team, we've talked about this enough times. I mean, you've got. The guys that on the higher end that are contributing, Bradley, although he was bad last night, Altador, who's been out hurt, they're in their in their you know they're thirty they're thirty plus, and the rest of the guys that are contributing that are 20, 19, 20, 21, 22. You don't have that sweet spot of twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight guys who should be rolling into their prime. The ones they have are simply not good enough. I mean, you know that that's fine and and. Yeah, we, we've discussed this, and in terms of maintaining, like, your presence, your your momentum, whatever, you need those guys. And and I think that that was a big failing in the last World Cup cycle. Now, however, look, they've had a year under, uh, realistically, what, uh, we've had 16 games under Bearhalter now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Canada has had fewer with a new coach, and they had a plan. You know, they had something to put together. They knew what the hell they were doing. They've been talking about winning this game for like a month or two, and, and we did nothing. Um, you know, we can say it doesn't matter because we pretty much already qualified uh, for the next run anyway. What, what is this? Jump us into the into the hex already or some shit? I, 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 
The I don't understand the. This is for the the teams that are uh, basically below the top six in the FIFA yeah. rankings. So unless we hurt our FIFA ranking to the point that we're below the top six. Which we, but, which to be fair, we seem well on our way to doing. Yeah, we're certainly trying. Anything's but, possible but with, at this point. With with the with the crushing uh, of um, Cuba, uh, thank you. Uh, in in the first game, um, we we pretty well ensured we're everything's set. So, in a sense, you can say this game didn't matter. The problem is you can't keep saying this game doesn't matter. No, it's about the results this, in the future. You this know, game, this game matters. And I'm gonna yeah. and I'm gonna tell you why. And it's a very simple. When Canada, I get it. This is a team that doesn't go. And I saw this somewhere else, and somebody else can tell me where I'm not quoting this. This is a team that doesn't go on, has not gone on the road very often. This was a true road game, and it was even a half-assed one because Toronto couldn't be bothered to show up. I don't know if there was a Maple Leafs game, or if there was something else going on last night in Toronto that they didn't want to come out. I think maybe they're all watching yeah, the, whole the National Park. Yeah, the upper deck was was closed off. But at the same time, you could tell they wanted this game. They wanted to win this game. Yeah, this was a cared. game where they where the other team gave a crap. And, and and that's where you know, like I've I've heard we had this discussion earlier today. You know, I've heard people say, "Is this still Klinsman's fault?" Like as as technical director and whatever. I I don't understand how you can say any of that. I mean, realistically his technical direction or you know his role as a manager coach whatever that that has nothing to do anymore with the players not trying right and beyond, and I liked what he was doing as a technical director I liked the big picture ideas the guys had the guy yeah. had I just thought it, on a small level he wasn't a very good game coach and players were confused all the time as to well, what was being yeah, expected he, he was of them. Terrible in-game manager. I mean, I, I yeah. saw on Twitter today. And fuck the Landon, the Landon Donovan decision. But other than that, better and whatever. Yeah, I was like, no, he was a terrible in-game manager. Uh, he loved to show that his ego was bigger than his players, which doesn't make any sense to me unless you're just a dickhead. And uh, and on yeah. top of it, yeah, he would throw individual players under the bus after after bad games, in many cases, throwing the wrong players under or players who, you know, got screwed because of his poor coaching. So yeah, the Bedoya what, what, at center the, mid yeah, game. Yeah. The, the Bedoya <laughs> thing, for, for example, but my, I guess like that's kind of a little off topic. The, the point really is just like, there've been a million different variables at play since he was last manager, which by the way was three coaches ago. So like, it's hard to say he had anything to do with this, but I mean, we've had different coaches, different players. USSF is a train wreck. There are a million other things at, at going on here that I think could also affect the outcome of this game. I wonder, though, like, yes, I, I, I think Bearhalter is is failing. I don't see how he can change this because he doesn't seem to be willing to adapt, and I don't think we have the time left to see his commitment through. I think either he has to waver in his, um, his dedication to, to playing out of the back uh, and, and to his possession style, or he has to be replaced if we're to have any chance. Do you have I any don't faith see, that he'd I don't be see either of those things happening. No, I, I don't either. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to fire him. No, no. Especially when, I'm sorry, his brother's going to be 
Yeah, the, the nepotism of, situation of, is of C uh, of 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 U.S. soccer soon, and you can say those two have don't have anything to do with each other, and maybe they don't exactly, but if Bernie Stewart's going to fire him, who's he going to have to ask? Yeah, it's an incredible conflict of interest. So you can't tell me there's not some kind of issue at play there. Um, but I, I guess beyond that, I sort of wonder. Is it time to reevaluate Bradley's role as a leader, captain or not, just as a leader on the team? Anybody who's been around the team that long and has been in charge or, you know, been been a, a leader of some kind is going to come in with a certain amount of, of weight, uh, cachet, whatever, to a team. Jimmy Conrad trashed him as a captain, whatever that was, a year or two ago, but like part of me wonders is it even more than that like has he as he became more level-headed because you know early on he was a hot-headed son of a bitch he was a terrible risk for a yellow card past about the 70th minute in any game you knew it was coming he was like he and jermaine jones were just trading off who was going to get the card first but as he became more level-headed and in a sense i guess you could say became more of a leader it seems almost like he became too level-headed. You know, he's not. You blame. He's not the guy. You blame well, us on the. You blame us on the fact that he's in. You know, it, I, I'm going to go the, into that the. That he came down the last. Is that what you're going to say? Well, and that's where I was going to go. I was going to go into the pro rel, into the I hate U.S. soccer. You know, that level of soccer Twitter. I was going to ask that question. Because he came down the last and had, no longer had to fight for his role, no longer had to fight for anything. He was a captain of. Toronto FC, did he lose that edge? Yes. Maybe, and he certainly hasn't been the same player since he came back. Um, but is that you know what caused him to kind of become so um, stoic? I, I, I don't know. The crazy um, thing is we're talking about Michael fucking Bradley right now. I know, I know. We I should know. be way past this. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. But uh, yeah, I, I look at it last night as... I'm just holding. I'm just holding Why out at this point. There, there I'm needed just to be holding... somebody who was like pissed off and was saying like, "You get your ass out here and you take care of this." Or, well, the, the I'm one who... stop on somebody's throat tonight just so that we get our asses into this game. And there wasn't that drive anywhere, including you know with him. Need? And you really don't see that stuff from him anymore. We need, we Jermaine. need Jermaine Jones. You know, and I was gonna. I was gonna. I'm, I'm still waiting for Pat to say to go just go completely to Taylor Twelman and go. What the hell are we doing here? I'm I'm waiting for that. I'm hoping tonight we hear it at some point. Um, and you're you're right. The one who would have stepped up and here's in this is back to we're gonna go back to Triple G and why. You know I was I will admit go back to US Fan TV watch all those episodes because Lord knows um they still need the views on them. And listen to earlier episodes where we've talked about Greg Berhalter and the minivan dad soccer pod. And I've been a support. I was the one yeah, on the show that was saying, I thought Berhalter was a good hire. I thought he, because you looked at the way he understood the game, the way cerebral, he was cerebral with the game. He would take it apart. He was usually, you know, he would study the game and so on and so forth. But he does this rotating captain bullshit. How the <laughs> hell is that not everything, but I, I, How the it, hell... He, you know, yeah. It, the one guy, the one guy who would put a foot in everybody's ass last night was the guy who was sick and Christian Pulisic. But he should have the the damn captain's band on. But Why? he should he always have the, the arm. Thank you, because he always seems, he seems like the one 
Who gives a shit? Even if, you're not even gonna, if he didn't play all that well last night. And, well, like, I mean, there were, if you, there were if things got, I thought, too, about what was going on that, like, he was sort of left out to dry. I mean, to, to some extent, I, I guess you could say he was the Michael Bradley of, of the last few years, where it was like too much shit was put on his shoulders, and the, like the rest of the team was set up in a way to not help him. So he would pick up the ball and be dribbling out of out of our own end and have no one to play it to because we had like our striker back defending. Well, I'm going to go to, I'm going to, I want to go a little bit in a little different direction here. And we were missing one Tyler Adams for injury again. And I'd sit there and say that that would have helped. And I'm sitting there thinking, Hey, put him in the center of the park. Along with McKinney and but Greg wouldn't have he would have put him in fucking and, right and back. That was, yeah, and that was right where I was going, Pat. Is that because he thinks he's Philip Lom and he's going to have him drift in like Byron was doing in 2013? It, it's <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you know, I, I it, I'm not one that usually likes to go into the dark parts of U.S. soccer Twitter. Except there are people that I know that I do respect, like John Townsend. That's calling this a, a clown show. And he's not wrong. At this point, he's not wrong. And we've, as Pat, as you've ventured, I always, I joke about it, and you're not a Star Wars guy, which makes it even funnier, is I joke that you've gone to the dark side because you've kind of gone to that side of U.S. soccer as a structure has screwed this up so badly. Well, like but, how, I, I just don't I, understand. How do you... Your, my point being is you're not wrong. Is the structure? There are so many things that are so screwed up with U.S. soccer now it's that not just it's becoming laughable. This game was in Toronto. You talk about a place that's fun to go and people would go. It's Toronto. I saw you, you post you in our. Tweets. I love Toronto. Yeah, I've been there three times. I thought about going to this game. Our text. Our text back and forth. You you dropped in the the whiteout for. Um, I don't want to say Sam's Army, but it's the American Outlaws. Outlaws yeah. American Outlaws, the whiteout in Toronto. If this team wasn't such a clown show, that could have happened, should have happened. But it's become such a clown show, and now I'm going back to the whole structural, and now I'm getting into these dark areas where it's you guys, and you guys have been, I, God, I hate to say I, Chris has been right a lot of this, and you, Pat, you've been agreeing with him the whole time. It goes back to these things like the price of tickets. It goes back to a lot of these structural things where it's they're so worried about being a damn corporation and making money, probably to pay off the damn lawsuits they're going to lose. I just want to remind everybody they're a fucking nonprofit too. <laughs> yeah, it, they're, that they're that they've lost sight of their purpose. maximizing revenue. That I feel like this is what it's become. Nobody their cares. goals have usurped their mission. Correct. You know, like if you look at just everybody in that glass door story hates working there. Yeah, they do a ridiculously poor job at public relations, as Chris oh, and I have pointed God. out many times. Like, <laughs> you, like just basic. This is what you say. This is what you don't say. This is the the way we're going to frame this. They're just bad at all that. They're bad at outreach to you know, the <laughs> two people. To the yeah. community, to players, they they literally have a a uh, membership scheme that uh, they don't actually help people get involved with, and they killed the one, and they're on the other one now. 
it's all like it, it's not just which makes me wonder tj you and i are are doing uh coaching licensing well, well, let's get to that I, I i wonder i will come to that and i do yeah, want to touch on that but i was going to um and and now i want to find this because it was I want to look. I got to look in my Twitter because this is um, Dan Hodeman in his analysis of um, Minneapolis City had a quote that it was, and this is, I think, U.S. soccer to a T. Companies are treating sports as a rational corporate business, while love, which is what sports are all about, is fundamentally irrational and human. That is U.S. soccer in a nutshell. Yeah. It's corporate. But we're talking about national pride. We're talking about the sport. Anybody who saw, you know, soccer Twitter's thin skin by nature. Now, it's not quite hockey level of thin skin, but it's pretty damn close. And then you, so you've got thin skinned theoretical people talking about loving a sport. And now you, you've taken U.S. soccer and, and national pride, which is something also completely irrational. And they've turned it corporate. And it's yeah, off. It's, it's and it's ex- off. It's exploitive. It's, it's. I I watched the game last night with Charlie, and he's there going, "Wait, we're losing to Canada." I'm like, "Yeah." Except the game was awful. I mean, it wasn't fun to watch. The game yeah. was boring. Canada was clearly the better team, and the result was just. I mean, two nothing. Zach Steffen kept it from being four nothing at least, and he it's, was the it's one shame. good player we had. It's a shame to sit back and watch this team go so far downhill. A year ago, we propped ourselves up by sitting there and talking with Dave, you know with Dave Sarakin was rolling all these eighteen, nineteen, twenty year olds out. We're like, hey, this is great. They're going to lose some of these games, and Lord knows they did, and they looked awful. Like the game you saw at in. At Wembley, Chris, they looked yeah. awful. Yeah, but it was 18, 19, 20 year olds. That's going to happen. Where are they now? They're not using them again. They've gone back to this this crap. Yeah, he also got a result against France in France. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, their send off game. I, I get think... it. Fran- I get it. France was looking not to get hurt, but it was their send off game. They wanted to go in on a high note, and <laughs> these 18, 19, 20 year olds should be featuring every damn time. Where's Wea? Where is, you know, go right down the line. Where are these guys? It's, it's, it is, you Sergeant can look finally at. Broke through and, it, and we're going to keep coming back. And I'm, I'm guessing as we go through this, we're going to keep coming back to the same, same problem. Greg Burhalter. Yeah. Ernie Stewart. And somebody, po- I, I, I wish I knew who to give credit to on, with this on Twitter. And I saw this earlier. Look at AZ once Ernie Stewart left. Look at the Philadelphia Union once Ernie Stewart left. They got better. Just going to point that simple fact out. People who are good at club jobs don't tend to take national team jobs, guys, because at this point, who wouldn't rather be a club coach or a club administrator? So there is that. But other countries seem to get good people. But I think they interview more than one person generally for. And even like... you know, interviewing is a formality. You should be constantly talking to people. You should yeah. be constantly knowing who is available, who might be available, what your options are at any given time, 
for any of these these jobs. But who's steering this ship? Seriously. Well, quite quite frankly, why like Juan Carlos Osorio was your biggest rivals coach? Why wouldn't you have just tried to bring him in house just to like get oh, shit. information on them? Yeah. Like didn't he cares? didn't he want to come here? Fucking job. Didn't yeah. he want to come here? Well, I mean, the the rumor was he was interested. Yes, but like, not not only was he a proven commodity, so it would have been a solid choice to to perhaps bring in. But even if you don't want him to be your coach, why didn't you just find him a job? Like you just pay him because he's effectively a spy for you. Well, the, you know, and you, you and you pay and him you, to give opinions on you, these are the guys I think they're going for. This is who they like. This is who I was telling them to go for. Who's like fourteen and thinking which country should I pick? And you go after that kid to just keep him from coming to Mexico. Well, no, you, like, you've you've hit the nail you've hit the nail on that, and I I and I like that. How many times have you seen? And I'm going to change sports here because I love doing that once in a while. Bill Belichick will go out and get a rival team's player just to get the dirt on him, if nothing more than that. I mean, yeah. that can play a little bit. That where you'll see something like that. No, and you're on and you're onto that. Um, I mean, Big Sam was interested. I get it. We laughed at Big Sam. We laughed at David Moyes. They were interested in this job. And we, this goes back to, I, I can't remember which one of you chucklehead said it earlier, was, but they interviewed like Burhalter and what? Oscar Pereira. And Oscar Pereira. Yeah. And that's it. would have been a better choice. I actually would have preferred Pereira too. And you hear people, and you see and, and in the soccer, the soccer Twitter universe, oh, you should go after Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh is gone. Just forget it. Why would Jesse Marsh back. want the job? Exactly. He's yeah, gone. Jesse He's Marsh isn't coming back. here He's in the Champions League. 20 years. Yeah. No, and and when he gets done when he gets done in Salzburg, he's going to Leipzig. We know yeah. that. Yeah, he's not he's not coming to the Except U.S. for the, at least coach, twenty years. Isn't the coach of Leipzig isn't the coach of Leipzig like thirty? <laughs> yeah, and he's going to get snapped up by a Premier. Well, he's going to go to Bayern so. Munich eventually. Yeah, he'll he'll go to Bayern Munich and then Le- Marsh will go to Leipzig. Waukee Shaw's own Jesse La- Jesse Marsh, and you know, or was he? Kenosha? No, like he's like Racine or Kenosha. Kenosha. Yeah, that's right. He was Racine. My bad, but it's. It, so now I'm gonna I want I want to I want to change directions for a quick minute here because I, I I'm gonna tie this back but it, it's. Can we talk about Guernsey or something? Oh hell no, <laughs> we're staying we're staying here. But I was gonna say if we're switching off the U.S. I'm I'm gonna. No, we're not we're not switching off the U.S. I, it's with the U.S. But it's kind of going back to U.S. soccer as a whole is a shit show. Yes, true or false? I I don't think there's a debate. Okay. I mean, as uh, we we so, did win well, a. World so, Cup on the other side. Well, so this and thank you, Pat. That's exactly where I was going. Thank you, Pat, for like blowing my next question. Was going to be does that make what the women did in winning more impressive? Because you look at what a dumpster fire the corporate headquarters is. Does that make what Jill well, Ellis did? Does that make what Jill Ellis? I, did? I, I, I said get no. it. She had the most talent. Yes, but, but I get the sense that they don't that. really. Do they not care? Do they just leave care? Like they want them to win in a well, this reflects well on us if they win, but I think that's kind of a set it and forget it thing on that side. Maybe not yeah. now. With the, with I, I, the I think GM, that's but... fair, and and you know it it's that way because it could be that way for so long. Yeah. Um, but, but you even, know, I, I even look at their their coaching search, and, I, and I'm not going to know the guy. I can't remember the guy's name. He, he coaches Seattle. Right? He coaches Rain FC because they're no longer Seattle. They play in Tacoma. But who's done a bunch without anybody? It's like the best coach available 
that's who they're going to go hire for the national team. Why is the women, what are the women's side doing so well that the men's side keep shitting themselves as opposed to moving it in the right direction? What is the difference? Well, part of it is simply the competition and the the, uh, infrastructure to build to this point. You know, as we've been over before, the women face much less competition. I, the, I don't care about. The, com- I don't care but, about. But, but I don't care. My, my, but my, infra- we're talking. Well, my, infra- no, my, my sure. point is the infrastructure to build uh, a team. College and NCAA soccer was um, was enough for them. For at, at least to this point, has been enough for them. Um, it's not for the men. You know the. The thing is, I, I, I've used this analogy for, for years, that uh, in sports at which we train the same as everyone else in the world, or in which we you know, create players in the, in the same as everyone else in the world, we are stars. You know, the, the U.S. creates, if not the best, at least we are amongst the best. Like it, it, Look at any sport, and there are Americans at the top. We sure. don't produce soccer players the same way the rest of the world does, our soccer players are not as good. Now, when the world wasn't competing in women's soccer, Title IX allowed us to have a, a women's team when it wasn't a kind of a thing for so much of the world. Now, yes, I realize that, technically speaking, there were women's games going on, there were women's national teams, there were women's club teams. That said... I, no, the, it's the amount of money, you're right. The amount of money, yeah. They weren't um, as, as, I guess you could say, professional as um, in, in any way in comparison to like what, what was happening on the men's side. So collegiate soccer was enough to create a team that was simply far away better than everyone else. That's, that, that competition is, is increasing, but at least to this point, it has been something that U.S. soccer kind of set and forget to, to use. I think it was Patty said that a minute ago. I don't think that's like a, you, you don't you don't have to you don't have to support them when hey you know what we we're just better than everyone so haha well but, we'll I, just, but that's we don't have I don't to pay attention I don't think that you're where I wanted to go with this is why is it even the PR seems to run much smoother why is it everything seems to run well PR is easier what they when you're winning be running? but What's that? Well, PR is easier when you're winning. There's, there's that. But the PR is bad on this. From a, I mean, like there, there, U.S. soccer is killing with the itself in in the lawsuits with with uh, members of the women's team, current and past. Um, you know the nobody, like, you're not seeing uh, um, people running for president comment on how the men did last night, but you did see them comment a number of times over the summer. Uh, for for the women, you're not you're you know U.S. soccer as a whole is fumbling. Like the the whole reason I was saying it's a shit show wasn't just because of of what's going on with the men. It was because no, the way they're handling everything around around the women is terrible too. And look, I guess they're why, starting why the they're women... starting to run into the same. So they're they're trying to run into the same issues of you know they're jacking those prices up now. It used to be they. Were less. They are going up now. They were going up for all these friendlies and things that they were creating. If the women don't 
fare as well right. in the next few years, what's going to happen? I think you're going to see the same thing happen to them that's been happening to the men. All right, let me get the train back on the tracks because I know it'll piss Pat or piss. This is pissing Pat off because he wanted this to be structured tonight. But I do want to bring it back to a point that was made by you on Twitter earlier that Pat has never seen Strange Brew. I think we do need to address this issue really quick. I don't know that I've seen it. I'm aware of it to the point where maybe I've just seen parts of it or I've seen clips of it. (laughs) Okay, Pat, that's your That's your homework for the next before I bring you back on is you need to go see Strange Brew. Spend the three bucks and watch it on YouTube. (laughs) So I I did want to address that because Strange Brew is, yeah, it's every good Canadian joke is, is I think, told in that movie. And you know what it's like to me? It's like the movie Fletch. Have I seen Fletch? I'm aware of Fletch. (laughs) But I don't actually remember sitting and watching it at any point. I was going. I, I I thought you were like when you first started that. I, I thought you were giving it as like an analogy of this is what the movie's like or something. I was going to say. So I, I was about to say it's sort of like Napoleon Dynamite, where like the characters are hilarious because they just say like stupid things. Like the movie itself is not good, but the <laughs> no, characters are hilarious because they're just like they're, they're dumb, but they like stay within who they are the whole time. It's peak Rick Moranis is really what it is. Yeah, I mean. For, and Dave, um, and the God, Dave. Well, yeah, I, I can't Dave. remember the other guy's name. <laughs> other, other last name. But every every Canadian joke I think in the world is told in that movie. So, you know, to get back on the rails here. I'll I'll host for a second. All right. Um, Chris's point that Chris is, Chris always points out, I think correctly, that the NCAA benefits the women generally, but does not benefit the men generally because in many places for a long time women didn't have a place to play from 18 to 22 like the ncaa that you're seeing that change now and and that's going to continue to to change more and more um here's another point that i don't know if we've considered but the path of a women's player can basically go around u.s soccer It, it could you could go like ecnl or one of the other top leagues to the NCAA, and then if you're a pro player at that point, then maybe you're a contract pro player. Maybe you did some time with the the youth national teams, but you can largely get around U.S. soccer. If you are a top boys player, you're probably going to the DA, and that's U.S. soccer. And I don't – I mean, there's a lot of good clubs in the DA, and they're the same clubs that were there when we were producing – and, and the, before we before we called it the DA, these were still the top clubs. I yeah yeah, for the most part. But it does make me wonder if we're screwing. And I don't know. I'm not. I'm not claiming I know this, but it does make me wonder if U.S. Soccer getting their hands all over that has somehow screwed that up more. And, and people who are smarter than me in that area would probably have more to say. But I, I have that question. Where where I? That's not a bad question, and that's probably something that. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure how to even how to answer that, but I kind of wanted to push this back towards what I didn't agree with. I, like I said, soccer Twitter lost its damn mind. As it, uh, you know, U.S. soccer Twitter lost its damn mind last night, and yeah, the performance was gutless. And but uh, the blaming of MLS for this—can there be any dumber of a point? Because for two points, number one, half these players aren't even MLS based any longer. 
Number two is, I, oh, there's no promotion and relegation. They don't have to try as hard. Bullshit. No, yeah, if you don't try hard, you're going to lose your damn job. Yeah, that's the one area where I I want pro-rel, like I've said before, but well, you're, you're an idiot. still constantly fighting for your job. Um, I just want pro-rel because it, it basically rewards good management and, and – yeah, I, we, screws over bad management, I, but but here's where MLS is to blame, TJ. Here's one area where where I could say they're to so, blame. Uh, they yeah. don't typically play young players. There is that. Well, and and, and what maybe why why can young players get more time in the Bundesliga than like if Josh Sargent was in MLS, we'd never have heard of him. Well, this, the problem <laughs> with Josh, the problem with with the way MLS works is they have those territorial rights and that kind of limits the competition. And that's into business stuff that I really don't want to get into. I saw something, I did see something on Twitter about MLS and where their failure to what MLS has done has raised the rest of CONCACAF because those are players they can scout. They can, they can wa- How many times have you watched like after the gold cup, three or four guys from like, Curacao or Panama or El Salvador get picked up by MLS sides in the next because they can come in for less money. They're playing, and then they go back to their those national their national sides and are better players. That's where I feel where MLS has hurt the U.S. national team is because those guys they bring those guys in raised they the, raised the other other the other ships of, other member members of Concacaf and not their own national side because. The younger players in the national side either don't get minutes because, or they go to, or they go play in Europe. I mean, it's one or the yeah, other. Aren't all the Curacao players in the Dutch league, or is that just something I'm assuming? Probably, you're probably assuming. Maybe it was in Curacao, but I mean, Panama, El Salvador, Costa Rica. How many guys? When you, when you see those, when you see those rosters, how many times do you see MLS players? And and then if you even get down even further into Jamaica and. St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Trinidad and Tobago, you will see one or two, you know, their top players are MLS guys. So, I mean, uh, the the point, I guess, kind of getting to is that MLS has brought these other levels up, and it's and it's because of that, the U.S. national team, is it, it just not as good. So. Yeah, it's just, you know what, <clears throat> I can take a loss to Canada if it's, a isolated incident. I mean, that kind of like is it like a Cubs World Series? It's a one in every 106 year thing. This like, is a one in every 35 year thing. No, because it's not. It's 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 symptomatic of a larger, sicker entity that needs to be fixed. All right. So fix it. What's what's the first? I mean, let's find. Give me something simple. Give me an easy fix. Other than, I want to say fire Burhalter, but let we come back to that because that's a bigger discussion. So give me something aside from firing Burhalter that would fix the problem. Uh, I don't know. Um, Dynamite answered Monty. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it, it firing Burhalter seems like a, a quick fix that that you know at the top level of the the men's senior national team might you might see some improvement a little bit of improvement right away 
but is that going to fix the whole thing? Is that going to fix, you know, it, first of all, it's not going to happen. They're not going to fire him. And, and Bob Bradley was fired for losing to Mexico. And this dude's lost to Mexico twice in the last four months and lost to Canada now. But he's not going to get fired. Um, Should he get fired? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not a fire the coach guy. I am typically not a no, fire the coach guy. No, it you're takes. Not. You're not. I wasn't on board with firing Jurgen until after the Costa Rica loss because I felt like it was too far gone at that point. You know, I'm and we, scared and we, we won't have enough time to get this together if we don't do it now. We talked about that, and I, and I remember those U.S. Fan TV episodes, and we both we I know I was one of them that said fire Jurgen, and it was because the Costa Rica game looked like the team quit on him. Yeah, that was the point. Well, that's kind of what the team looked like last night. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I was going to say fire Burhalter. But give me something else. Give me something else. Chris, now you've been quiet for like a record amount of time for you. (laughs) Give me something else to fix U.S. soccer beyond firing Burhalter, the men's national team, beyond firing Burhalter. Because we'll we'll come back to firing Burhalter. I'm not saying we won't. Well, let's see what else you got first. If we're going to stick within the current group, you have to pick. 18 players and just go with them because part of the problem right now is there's so many different and and part of that i guess is by by 18 as opposed to 11 or or 23 i'm saying you got to basically pick who you're starting 11 and your next three off the bench are and then you've got an extra few in there for like injuries or whatever because eyes or yeah the the problem the problem he has right now is that he's got so many different lineups going out there, so many different combinations of players, no one's getting used to anything. And in that regard, everyone is still learning. So now you've got people figuring out how, whatever it is he wants them to to learn, plus they've got to learn where their teammates are. You know, They don't know that, okay, when I get this ball here, I don't have to look to know who's running past my left shoulder or who's behind me over on the right things that you know th- things that teams just inherently pick up over time you don't have that kind of time you have to create you, you have to just give your 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 roster and go with it and look even if that means you start selecting Giazzi Zardes more often at least he's made a choice i don't agree with it i think it's foolish and he should lose his job but whatever <laughs> at least you've made a choice um, the the problem right now is there's so much going on that how can you be sure anything is sticking? Like, you know, so much is being thrown at, at the wall. How can you be sure anything's sticking when there's too much to notice? Uh, I that all, all this said, I will change a little bit. Jordan Morris did say after the Cuba game that part of the reason he felt like we played so well was Everyone knew exactly what they were doing. So what the hell changed last night? If they all know so well, how are they not executing? And that it's to easy me, to execute a plan against a terrible team. I was going to make that point. I hate to say it's, it. Well, lest you forget. Lest you forget. The Cuban national team in in Havana lost to the New York Cosmos of the NASL two to nothing. <laughs> Or is it two to one? But I mean, they lost a friendly to to the New York Cosmos and the NAS when the, with the NASL. My point being, Cuba is bad, and yeah. Canada's not any longer. 
Imagine if Cuba's best players played soccer. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> that was someone else's joke. It was not mine. I thought it was funny, but yeah, um, still, I, I uh, just I just was disappointed that the lack of defections after the game because usually you got a handful of them that defect after the game. Uh, maybe they don't want to right that. now. Funny yeah, that. There's, um, but uh, <laughs> probably not even accepting him anymore. <laughs> It'll be a new thing that we hear about this week. Um, but Unless they can throw a curveball. Any, anyway, like my my thing is okay. Oh, so you, you gotta you gotta just select a roster. Uh, I think you need to find a real captain, and I don't know if Pulisic is that guy. Part of him seems like that guy because he does seem uh, angry and driven, and and he is the best player, but. You got to find whoever the the guy is who will like stick their foot up somebody's ass to get this team going. Um, who, who? But who is that? Right I don't now, know. Who is I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Felicity McKinney or Zach Steffen. Maybe. Maybe I. Is it Tyler Adams? He's got to be here for it to be him. Exactly. Is it John Anthony Brooks again? Who's not here? He's not here enough. Is it Bobby Wood? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, um, it's it's Dax. You know, speaking or, uh, of speaking Dax, of Brooks, Dix. I'll I'll use Dix. Brooks as as a uh, as a way to, to get into this. I was going to bring this up earlier, but we kept talking about different things. What does this mean for someone like um, Dast or other potential dual nationals? That his decision got a lot easier last night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I don't you know, think it did. Our, I, I don't I don't think it did. They need him. But our pitch has always been you'll play and you'll right. play in a World Cup. But is any of that guaranteed anymore? I mean, we're not playing well enough to stroll through a World Cup qualifier. We're I don't know that we're qualifying for the next World Cup right now. And but, but if you're is but there if you're somebody any but the counter selection madness. Like the, the shit if he's throwing out there, Tyler hey. Adams playing as, as a right back. Uh, just, because Will Tra- just, because Will, like, just because Will Trap has nudies of pictures of Beralter <laughs> <Will Trapp>. <laughs> somewhere. Like, there's, 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 what is the purpose to the decisions he's making? You know, I always looked at coaching as part of my job was to take, uh, it, it, at least the way I, I saw it was, to position players in, a, in, in the place that would make them most likely to succeed by their strengths. Right. So, you know, that was how I determined who was a, a forward or a, a defender or, you know, was on the right or the left or whatever. It was about how this allowed them to most efficiently or effectively use the skills they already had. He seems to be playing players out of position for no real reason. I mean, it's sort of I, like I, what I Klinsman guess... did at times. Except at uh, least with Klinsman, you always felt when Klinsman played players out of position, it was to try and get the best players he could on the field, even if it meant at, somebody at times, it, like someone like, most like the time, Fabian Johnson. Mo- uh, most of the time, it seemed like it was, hey, yeah, you're not a right back, you're a left forward, but I can get you on the field this way, and my team is better because of it. It didn't work, but at least you could see the logic in that. Like Jill did with Crystal Dunn. It, it's it correct. Made no sense, but. Got her on the field, right? Like it, it, it. I guess you could see that. I don't. And there's some logic there. I don't get. I don't see that logic in, in what's happening here. Well, let. I mean, I, one of the things I, I did see, and it was, 
I, I guess I'm going to gr- defend Triple G to the, the point of who is he missing right now? I mean, it, it like I said, it's Tyler Adams, it's John Anthony Brooks. I mean, who else is injured right now? I mean, they're DeAndre Yedlin. Kind of. I mean, he had been. Yeah. Talk about and, and I was thank, thanks for the transition there, Pat. I was going to bring him up at some point because, man, that dude looked lost last night. It's he's mentally. I think the combination of of not. Maybe the injury and then not playing at Newcastle. and He's, he's broke. I, I, yeah. I think part of it is he's just been out for so long. And then on top of it, yeah. what is his position on this team? What's his position on Newcastle? Well, there, there's that too. But at least that's a little more obvious because or a little more locked in because there's only so many places where he could play. On this team, maybe he has a few options. And with the things that Berhalter does with the lineup, who the hell knows where he might put him? He could just as easily put him as a, a forward. That's what I'm afraid will happen to Tyler Adams. If you're an oft injured guy coming in every four months or six months at the national team, you get no continuity whatsoever with, with the other players. So um, as good as, you know, both of those guys should be in theory starters, but if you're injured a lot, it's hard to get going, especially at the national team level. It just, it seemed like even the lineup that was chosen, though, kind of bring it back full circle to last night, was the lineup was wrong. There was nothing that was good about last night in any sense of it, other than Zach Steffen. The lineup looked like, the lineup looked like garbage, looked like hot garbage. They played like hot garbage. Um, Kim McCauley, which, by the way, anybody who writes for SB Nation, anybody who's not following Kim McCauley should be following her. She... Her writing is absolutely amazing. It's and her analysis is, is amazing. Had a showed a screenshot of and and I I can't remember the caption. It was like dynamic and exciting or whatever Burhalter used to describe his style. And it showed all eleven behind the ball against Canada, against Canada, eleven behind the ball. Should that ever? I mean, thirty five years since a loss. Yeah, he had eleven behind the ball, and I guarantee. That's not wasn't the only time in that match that Kim was able to get that screenshot. I mean, it, it happened. That game was terrible to watch. So I guess it's kind of one of those. Canada was better last night, but it's painful to sit there and keep going. Um, yeah. Just, but 11 behind the ball against Canada. Should that ever happen? Uh. <laughs> no, um, it, it kind of goes back to my comment before about like, you know, when Pulisic was picking up the ball, essentially like in our, say, final third, and then dribbling to midfield, but I had nowhere to go with it because Josh Sargent was like back by the box because he'd just been defending it. It, it made for there, there to be no outlet, even when there was a chance to advance the ball. And when our entire team's that deep. That means their entire team can be that deep. So then there's too much press high to to quickly get the ball upfield. And then we're not able to use our speed either to get past them. Like it, it was everything about it was was just poorly executed. Except it seemed like you, you said our, the speed of the U.S. except Canada was faster. Well, the players they had Canada, on the field. Canada was were faster, faster in the positions where we were slower 
for for sure. I mean, I, I, I know that that's kind of an obvious statement in the way I just said it, but like, um, it's not like they were faster at every position, but they were particularly fast in positions where we were particularly slow. And that, like, it, it, it really does seem like they knew what we were going to do. It, it was almost like they had our game plan and, and they knew how to, to defend it the entire time and how to exploit it. Like, they had trained to do this, and we had, it was like we were just showing up. Um, we didn't even know. Well, how, we didn't even here, know our game plan, but they did. Here's um, here's a question. Here's a question. And there were quite a few changes between Friday night and last night. Would you have, or was it Saturday night? I forget which night it was. But anyway, would right. you have kept? The, would you have rolled the same? Would you have rolled the same lineup out from Cuba against Canada, or would you have made the changes? I probably would have stuck with it because, like I just said. I think we need to build consistency. That said, look, I understand that maybe you had a more, you you were willing to experiment a little more um, after one, you got a big victory. Uh, he, uh, you know, games from, uh, anything after that was sort of a, um, was sort of a cakewalk. You, you're willing to, to take a shot, willing to try some different things. You're willing to say, um, you know, roll with Yedlin when he's you know, only just back on the field, even at, at, at Newcastle. Um, but, uh, man. I don't know. Pat, what do you think? Are you still awake over there? Think, I'm sorry. I, I walked away for a second. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. <laughs> the, 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 question, the, question, the question was, Pat, and then, cause I, because I'm going to walk away in a second because I'm out of beer and I need another one. Um, is would you have rolled the same lineup out from Friday night into last night, or would you have made the change? No, it honestly, like there were no. A lot of it, it, yeah. All right, now I'm gonna go grab a beer. So you keep talking for a minute. <laughs> I, I I think you would want to use the Cuba game to give lots of people a different opportunity, and and then maybe lock it down. What you think is a little bit more with your top lineup for the uh, Canada game. So I'm not going to shit all over them for that. That seems like <laughs> th- there's, there was a lot wrong, but splitting who's getting opportunities between those two games seems like a logical choice to me, but maybe not. Maybe you just, maybe we don't have the guys to do that. Maybe we just need to go with the same 11 or close to it all the time. I don't know. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know what to do. Um, I mean, I, I guess, you know, oh, Bruce, back. Bruce, would, <laughs> Bruce would roll out two different lineups, but when he was doing it, it was because he would have one working on one game plan, and one working on the other game plan. I don't get that sense. with That with didn't Berhalter. happen. I don't get that sense with Berhalter. that. No, that obviously did not happen. I mean, it just seemed like whatever worked Friday night didn't work last night. I mean, like I said, I mean, last night... Last night it hurt. It hurt my eyes. There's, you know what bothers me, kinda. There, there's a. Greg has a bit of arrogance about him that feels undeserved. Undeserved arrogance bothers me. Um, and when you're like, oh, we were good in this Gold Cup final. We did exactly what we wanted to do in this three nothing loss to Mexico in this friendly. And the, the defensiveness, you know, that, that we've seen lately with 
well, I, 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 you know, I know what I'm doing and the you national team. It, it, Go ahead. Sorry. You, I, I, you don't get to fail constantly and then argue that you're you, succeeding. You, you, get yeah. to, you get to fail if there's a payoff in the long run. And, and again, I, sure. Yeah. Again, the way I defended the Mexico game is I always refer back to Randy Johnson, throwing nothing but changeups in spring training. There is a payoff to it because he's Randy freaking Johnson. He'd strike everybody else. And now his, his changeup was better. The problem was when, when Berhalter rolled out and, and got a thump by Mexico three, nothing at giant stadium, because some needed needed more money to pay off their legal fees because Lord knows they got enough lawyers right now. There's no payoff. They don't, what they were looking to do to play out of the back, they are no better against, okay, not being able to play out of the back against Mexico, who's a good side, that's one thing. Not being able to play out of the back against Canada, who you should beat, that's a problem. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. If there was a payoff, like, the, okay, they, they kept trying to play out of the back against Mexico, they were doing it against Uruguay to a, a larger degree, that they'd get better at it. Great. I don't but they think didn't do that it. two two things. One they're treating it like they're a U eight team where they keep going back to playing out of the back to the point where they're gonna get, you know, they're gonna learn to play under pressure. Again again, in a but no. in a friendly in a friendly you can do the in a friendly if especially a cash grab friendly against a quality opponent, you wanna try those things, that's where you try them. I, I don't want to try anything against Mexico that doesn't result in a win. First of well, all, yeah, anytime I, we play I, Mexico, I we should be playing to win. They're in, they are not practice games. They are important to us. So and I, two, I'd, be, I'd be fine with a practice game if there was a payoff. If I'm you're gonna and if you're gonna do this build out of the back thing, first of all, you still have to hoof it forward sometimes, so that you don't have like what Liverpool did against Arsenal where they were just sitting on it waiting like you know you still have to switch it up to some degree no and and no you're i agree you're 100% in a friendly you don't have to do that when you're playing against somebody when you're playing a game that counts in theory which is what this nations league does and if anybody says it doesn't count i, I i'm sorry i have a problem with that because any game where it's you can captive someone those games count to me that a friendly, I get it. A some cash grab, I get it. Do whatever you want. Throw change-ups the entire game. I don't care. When you're talking about games that actually you can capitalize someone, those are the games that count. If you're going to throw a game away, especially against Canada, you know, against somebody who's actually up and coming in the in the confederation like Canada, you better be doing it so you can capitalize people. And they didn't do that either. Fine, have a purpose. And the, and then that's and that's that would kind be of, where you could argue that playing an inexperienced player or something has a payoff in the long Correct. run. Yes. But it, it, this, I don't see where this is going. And I, mm-hmm. I, I don't see how this, you know, no, it, I always say that like pe- people always tend to view a win or a loss for their sports team through the lens of that sports team as if the other team wasn't trying to defeat them or playing against them or trying to make it hard for them or trying to make whatever they were doing not work. So it's important to point out that, you know, it Canada actually team, has a good, but there's good a players. Team working, yeah, there's a team working against us. But on the whole, would you say Canada, other than Alfonso Davies, is better than the United States? No, 
and and yet they're if you're getting this is now Mexico you would say is is better than the US right but yeah. the team that they put out in the gold cup final wasn't probably on paper and Greg lost and the team that they played at, at Giant Stadium probably was and they got killed Canada so, definitely wasn't and they lost like it, it's so it, let me see let me see if I'm t- see if I'm gathering this pat where you want to take the show you're talking about firing Greg Berhalter is that correct I think you have to, and you have to do it right now. And I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not a fire the coach guy. No, I, and I, I, I'm, I, 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 I'm I, done I, with I, this. This is a waste of my time. But I'm afraid that if we fire him, whoever, however long they take to bring somebody in, and whoever they bring in, I'm afraid that they'll get it no better again. Yeah. Right. If you constantly have conversations with who is available who can we get just like uh sunil did with jurgen honestly he he had his guy targeted and he brought him in when the time was right they they had a year they could have brought in greg a year before they brought him in if they were just going to bring in greg and and it you know, i don't think like with the transition that's going on is it ernie is ernie constantly seeing who's available is I would give the fucking job to Jill Ellis, honestly. Just thank, just thank you for bringing that up because I know I tweeted about that last night. And it's ridiculous I, I, in some ways. I don't think she's ever coached a men's team, but fuck it, let's go. <laughs> let's see what she can do. Well, and, and I I put it out on I put it off the out of the on the mini van dad uh, page, and I said we might as well hire Jill Ellis, and I did it tongue in cheek, but yet I there was some logic to it. Again, um, kind of going back to Bruce Arena's quote where we started the show, where we said, where he said, kind of to paraphrase, Greg is coaching this like a club team, not a national team. Jill Ellis knows how to coach a national team, and she's won two World Cups, so we know she knows how to coach a national team. Number two, the one thing, the the difference between one of the biggest differences between the men's team and the women's team right now. The egos on the women's team far exceed those on the men's team, as it should. They're the best in <laughs> the world. That's a good point. Yeah. As it should, because they're the best in the world, and they know it. She had to manage all of those egos. And the one thing I, the one thing in the World Cup, I thought tactically, I thought Jill Ellis did a lot of things that I wasn't quite comfortable with. But in hindsight, I saw the logic to it. She managed those egos brilliantly. She comes in with two World Cups. She walks in with those two World Cup rings on her fingers and said, you, you bitches, listen to me. <laughs> you get respect. She, should get, she should get respect in the room. I, I said it tongue, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but the more I've thought about it, the more I'm like, if you're firing Greg Berhalter, I'm bringing Jill Ellis tomorrow, and I think you've got a lot better chance of making the World Cup than you do with Greg Berhalter. I actually, I mean, I, I don't, Jill's not my first choice, but I don't think they have anybody lined up who would be better than her, to be fair. And what I, if you're asking me right now, would I rather have Greg or Jill? I'd rather have Jill because Greg sucks. <laughs> and that was kind of where I, that was kind of to bring it full circle. Exactly, is I, I Greg needs to go. And I, I like I said, I was the one defending him. And after watching last night, and after watching the, I'm not seeing a payoff for the dumb shit I see in other games. Like I said, if what happened in Mexico had a payoff against Canada, if it looked like it they knew what they were doing. I'd be fine with it, but I'm not seeing it. And that's why it's like, Greg's got to go. 
Ernie's got to go. Let's start this thing over. And nobody goes if Jay doesn't go. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Yeah. There's that. But there is a name I'm going to throw at you that you for a manager that is he's still sitting out there. His name is Tab Ramos. <sighs> Don't I get you think it. something's going on there? Like it there's certainly a reason why they're not choosing him. Yeah. Is and I doubt if knowing what little I know about the way that place operates, I don't think it's Tab's problem. I no, think it's, it's their not, problem it's, with yeah, the way Tab operates. Be. It can't be. Yeah, but I agree. There is definitely yeah. There, there's the problem of either they're afraid of Tab, like that somehow he will not shine them, so they're keeping him down, um, or. I f- I, you, actually, I found a solution to the problem, and tell me if I'm wrong on this one. Tab Ramos should just change his name. It should just be Tab Ramos Burhalter. You'll get a job. I was right just away. gonna say to what Tab Burhalter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Pat, why did you walk away? I mean, I know why I walked away. I went to get another beer. What was your excuse? I had to pee. All right, we'll give you that. Are you guys? Is anybody I else drinking? Said he had to pee. <laughs> did what? Am I the only tonight? Or Patty no, drinking? I've got a beer. I have a beer as well. What do you got? What are you guys drinking tonight? Because let's 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 at least have a happy moment out of the night. Mine is an Anderson Valley briny melon goza. It is, I uh, have a Shinerbach. I'm not a go- I'm not I'm not a fan of the sours, Chris. I I will say that, but that's. Anderson Valley. I I know. This one, this one is a little much. Uh, I'm just short of beers in the refrigerator. So I believe, from what I'm told, I need a noon whistle. You do. You absolutely do need because uh, the minivan dead soccer pod is brought to you by noon whistle, right? What? Well, they, I, I, as I say, you know, the lethal weapon. Like I said, it was third out of over 150 in its category at the Great American Beer Festival Beer Festival a couple weeks ago. So yeah, there's that. And I got to, I got to say, because we do need to have a happy moment within the show. That a happy ending, just, if you will. Well, well, we'll. we'll I think firing bringing Greg, it back well, to think, the Patriots. I think firing Greg Berhalter is a happy ending, but <laughs> that would be. <laughs> um, next next week. So I have drill this weekend, but next weekend, I have scheduled because I'm the only one that seems to be able to schedule these damn things. Um, a parents' night out with some of the uh, parents that have helped Charlie's baseball, basketball, soccer, other the other parents who've helped out. I seem to be the only one who can organize nights out. You're organizing a night out for all of Charlie's various soccer teams and sports no, teams? Just, no, no, this, this is the ones who, who are in his school. And right now I sent it out to, I think, eight eight different dads. It's a dad's night out. I sent it out to eight dads. And so far it's already expanded to two additional ones, but we're going to noon. We're starting at noon whistle. So, yeah, there's that's that's where the payoff is. It's, we're going to noon whistle, and then we'll probably get an Uber and have to come home from there. But... Sadly, I'm not drinking new whistle tonight. I started with Surly, and I've gone to Hackershore's uh, Oktoberfest beer because we. It's always good. You, know, you got to have an Oktoberfest. I do. I do like their Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest beers this year is the first year I've really kind of paid attention to making sure I try different ones, and I like a lot of them. Oktoberfest. I do too. That's it's my favorite. Uh, Martin season of Marsons. beer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like. Uh, I had the. Uh, what did I have? Spottens the other day. Spottens is very good. But I started with um, Surly Sleek, which is one of their IPAs. And 
That was really, really tasty, by the way. So I do recommend that one, too, because it's Minnesota, and, you know, they're still actually alive in the MLS Cup playoffs, which Chicago, on the other hand, eh, not so much. So, all right, kind of bring it back on to put the train back on the tracks again for a few more minutes. Fire Greg Burhalter get okay. So do we start with start with just firing Burhalter? Is it Burhalter and Stewart? Is it Burhalter, Stewart, and Jay oh, Burhalter? You, you just or is it everybody? House. Is like, it everybody including Carlos Cadero? It's, it's pretty much burn this burn this house to the ground and uh, you're gonna say burn this mother was it this mother effort down? <laughs> yeah, you were going there, weren't you? Burn this motherfucker down. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're gonna drop the F bomb, this is the night to do it because Lord knows this is the one. There's only do. one man who can burn it all down, and he's coaching in Las Vegas right now. <laughs> <laughs> but he may be the guy we need. You know, I saw he's not it. the man we wanted. He was the man we needed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm goddamn Batman. <laughs> I'm Eric Winalda. I, um, I forget sometimes that we're it, recording and I have to bite my tongue. You know, I, I, oh, you, I have. You know what? You have, really don't because Lord knows you're. Oh, I do. I have to ask. He does. Yes. I have to ask. Would Jermaine or Fab or, or Brooks take that call today? Like Chandler didn't even like playing for us when he was playing for us. Would, would Jesse Gonzalez? No. Switch I, I think... today? You think like, if there's somebody who regrets it anymore, Jesse Gonzalez, you think? <laughs> uh, probably that not dude, right now. It, that dude, I, I mean, yeah. You know, are we maybe, even, I'm not even confident Klinsman. we're calling dual nationals, other well, than I, death, I, who I, I know. I, I'm not either, but uh, I'm not confident we're calling him. Just because you know they told us? Like, I'm sorry. They I think, told us I think Dest we said he him. talked to Berhalter, so. Um, like, you know, maybe Klinsman still gets that call through to German players. Like if 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 we could just transport him to today and like pretend that the last you know, three and a half years or whatever, four years now, haven't didn't didn't take place. Maybe he still gets that call through to those guys. Do we do we miss? But, do but we miss anyone we, filing a switch or trying to come over? I mean, are we even slightly attractive to anyone anymore? You know what we need to do. Here's how we're gonna fix it, guys. Here's the plan. All right, burn keep... this motherfucker down. We're gonna keep <laughs> we're gonna keep Greg in the job. Why? Until next. Why do May. you hate life? No. Here's what we're gonna do, guys. <laughs> until next May, when Pep leaves Man City and is looking to go hang out in New York City for a year again, and we're gonna give the shit to Pep. And I don't know that it's gonna go well because if you think Greg has a hard time inst- like implementing like minute changes in gameplay at a national team level pep might really suck at that but at least then i'm gonna we'll know it's not the manager's fault if we're still fucking except that he only gets to talk to him twice once every couple of months i also think that pep would publicly call out bullshit would shame Pep would shame the shit out of everybody. I'm, I'm so, hoping I'm hoping the recruitment letter from Carlos Cordero will Cordero. How, how, it doesn't matter. How, how, it's irrelevant. You, you don't recruit I, Pep. If Pep I'm wants accept, your job, he shows but, up and starts but, working. But but this letter would do it. It'll go. Let's work out a deal. 
You don't want to be responsible. <laughs> I can't even do it without laughing. <laughs> All right. So... I can't even do it without laughing. Oh, my God. In conclusion, <laughs> I am an idiot. You don't want to be responsible for slaughtering. <laughs> U.S. soccer, and I don't want to be responsible for destroying Man City. I've done it before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give. You know, it's funny. We were we, as we talked earlier about possible replacements to Triple G. Who Triple G needs to be? You know, there's got to be a USL side that can use them, or a USL two side, or some shit that can use them. I'm sure, like. Real Salt Lake or somebody will snap him right up and he'll... Well, what about Lansing United? Oh, wait, they're gone. Never mind. Um, Cabramos is the obvious choice. He's my second choice because I, I, I honestly think Jill Ellis because you want to get... You want you want to matter, you hire Jill Ellis. If you don't... If you want to win, Cabramos is the fine alternative. But Pat, you are onto something. I feel like you want to burn this, burn the thing down. Eric Winalda. I, 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 sorry. The problem is that somebody has to make that hire. And (laughs) And nobody will hire him. Somebody above, it's not like you're going to kill everybody and there's a coup and Winalda shows up. Somebody actually has to decide to bring him here. You could, you could get Ted in the soccer heretic and a couple of his buddies. You might actually have a coup. I, I would, I would let him try it. I, I so would I. Um, so, and, and I don't know if either of you saw it was between um, Pablo Mauer and Alex Guerrero's from the Cooligan. Actually, they went out on their WhatsApp because somebody <laughs> screenshotted it. It was next U.S. Men's National Team Manager, Head Coach Jermaine Jones, <laughs> first order business team, so captain. <laughs> He was floating himself as like Orlando City's next coach on his Instagram story. His Instagram story, I've pointed this out on this show and the and the is YouTube still, show many times. Is it still that insane? Yes. Yes, it is. It's it's not like it's, I'm going to kill this guy from Baywatch yeah. anymore. But um, he seems to be coming to grips with the fact that the wife is gone. But, uh, at, but it's a, still like he's still hard on his sleeve. Like anything could come out. Yeah, and and one the other day it was hey Orlando City. New head coach Jermaine Jones? Question mark, or something like that. If you're Orlando City and you actually got rid of a coach that's good, why the hell wouldn't you hire Jermaine Jones at this point? I'm, and, and, Did you guys see, by the way, that Orlando white pride jerseys were fifty percent off? In poorly worded, in poorly worded advertisement. Talk about news. <laughs> I would say, Chris, you're the one that works in marketing, Chris. Chris, you're the one that works in marketing. You might as well analyze this one. <laughs> it is accurate. It is a white pride jersey. <laughs> it's just that maybe that's Did not the way you phrase that. Did it maybe, come with a maybe. Hat? Yeah. Well, it is Florida. <laughs> exactly. Did Florida man buy them all? <laughs> Light himself up. Like, talk Did about it, yeah. Talk about things like the you... with this farm. <laughs> They're, those guys are going to be awfully upset when that comes in the mail and it's purple and it says lifetime on the sleeve. I, but I can't believe no one saw that and went, wait a minute. <laughs> Did you feel obligated almost to buy one just out of, just because no, you're the no. <laughs> neither did I. And Lord knows I've got enough Jersey in my collection. So, uh, so we're at, 
80 minutes. I said we would talk as long as we needed to. Do. Have we destroyed the U.S. national team enough? Do we feel any better? Have we gone through all five stages of grief? Have we accepted the fact that we suck? Yes. Yeah, I just don't. I, I've accepted it. I accepted it a long time ago is the problem. Well, I just... I mean, I feel like we've covered the, the entire, all the stages, of, except that denial, because you can't deny the fact that they got their asses kicked last night. You no, can't. No, you can't. You, you and can't. It's, and, it's, and like I said, it's not just, if we're talking about the game itself, Canada did that to us, and they deserve credit for doing that to us. But the game is not the problem. Losing a one-off game to Canada wouldn't be bad if you felt good about the big picture. And, and we don't, number no. one. Number two... I get it. We've got a month. Anybody want to make a prediction for the return leg at this point? Sure. Zero, no. zero. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I mean, the five state, and, and I want to kind of, like I said, I, as I was joking on Twitter earlier, it was this show was going to be the five stages of grief. And the five stages of grief, for those who, who haven't ever looked this up, it's denied. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. You can't deny it because they got their asses kicked. You can't deny it. Anger? Yeah, we probably cut Pat. Do you have a politician who would deny it? Yeah, well, there's that. Bargaining? Yeah, we're trying to fire Burhalter, so I guess we're doing that. Bargaining was back when we hired Bruce. Yeah? Depression? Depression was after. I think think we're past that. I think think it's acceptance and it's... Oh, it is accepted. It, we're definitely is it, there. Yeah. Is it acceptance? Remember or, is it a, she, or is it irrelevance? I won't accept that we will stay at this level. I accept that we deserve these losses and we are at this level. I accept that we've made our own bed and I, I accept that it, failures it, it, over right, the let, last... Let me rephrase that. Is it acceptance or is it apathy? I mean, we've talked about this. And, it's and not it's apathy both. yet because we're still talking about it. Well, yeah, because we yeah, there's a close. large part of apathy there. <laughs> it's close. I, I will tell you that, like, you didn't even did you even watch the you didn't watch the game live? No, I, I watched watch it on DVR, and I watched it quickly because I wasn't home. And in two years ago, I would have made it a point to be home. Yeah, but I wasn't home, and I'm like, ah, it doesn't really matter. I don't care. That's no, and that is that is apathy right there. And I and like I said, I, I was home last night. Katie had a couple of meetings to go to that school board and another group meeting, whatever. And so I, I, I let Charlie, I'm like, yeah, we'll let you watch a U.S. game. And trying to explain to a seven-year-old that, no, we're losing to Canada for the first time in 35 years. Sucks. <laughs> Thankfully, he's seven and didn't care the next morning. I mean, the good thing is it was only 24 in Canadian. That's true. The 20, no, in Canadian, wouldn't it be 45? I don't know. It was just a joke. It's, it's 24 <laughs> in U.S. money. It'd be, it'd be 30. It'd be, if, if it's 35 in Canadian, it's 24 in U.S. But if it's 35 in U.S., it's 45 in Canadian or 50 in Canadian. I mean, you got at least, if you're going to do the math, do it right anyway, Chris. Come on. <laughs> I wasn't doing math. I was just—it just came out. <laughs> so, all right, we're closing in on ninety minutes. We've TJ, ran we we want to mention briefly that we gave you a soccer money this week. Oh, you know what? We should. And we—I said we'd we'd come back to that, and we suckers. We got, is that a now? 
but the question I want to, the way I want to fra- frame this, Pat, is, is it a symptom of this 2011 to 2016 or 17 failures that they revamped the entire program? I mean, you're 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 sitting there, and you, the way you phrased it to me was, dude, we gave each of us gave 110 dollars to U.S. Soccer, although I think actually it goes to the Calb County or whatever. Yeah, the- and United Soccer Coaches is putting it on too, which is a probably a better organization as a whole. But, um, but yeah, it, it's no. I, I actually think one of the things that they've mostly gotten right is centralizing the lower level coaching education and making it more accessible. And if you want to do the online course, it's 25 bucks for whatever well, and, level and you're funny. trying to coach. So and it's funny that the, the day before we, so let me give a little background to those because nobody else knows what the hell we're talking about. So Pat and I have been looking to finish our grassroots coaching license. Those who don't know what that is, you there's four classes. It's four V four, seven V seven, nine V nine and 11 V 11. There are online versions of each of the courses. However, there are 25 bucks each, as Pat was saying. However, to get your grassroots license, which is the way U.S. Soccer has revamped their entire coaching program. Yeah, it's the old e-license if you're... It's the old e-license, correct. You have to do two of them in person. Doesn't say which two. Except that one has to be 11 v. 11. But 11 v. 11 has to be one of them. But I believe they still have an online version of it, correct? They do, yeah. And... It's interesting because the day before this all happened, I was talking to the Ben, who's the head of coaching for Charlie Soccer Club, and I said, hey, and he's been looking to bring me into the full coaching in some capacity. We're still trying to work all the details out until my military settles down. It's not going to happen. However, comma, but I said, should I go and do the online courses? So at least I can say, hey, I, I have done all the grassroots courses. He goes, yeah, just go ahead, sign up, pay for them. We'll take care of it, whatever. And then while watching the Formula One race at like, um, in Japan at like one in the morning because Lord knows there's nothing better to do on a Saturday night. I went and looked at, as I was doing the class, I'm like, let's go see what class are out there. I found an online course for you for the 9v9 course in person. All right, signed up for it. Saw the 11v11 course in the same, on the same day. I'm like, I looked and yeah. like, oh, and, and crap. At a- the, oh, and it's funny, as I looked at it, I'm like, wait, wait let's look at the hours. The 9v9s in the morning, the 11 11s in the afternoon. It's it's in DeKalb. It's about 45 minutes for Pat and I to go. So I signed up for both of them at like 1 in the morning. The next morning, I text Pat, and I think within, what, 15 minutes, you were signed up for the two same courses. Yeah, I had been I had been watching for I, – I, every time one of these pops up, I can never go. And the other thing is that if you do the in-person, they're typically $125. Correct. These at were least, 55 at least, each, so 110 for the two. At Which least is, around here, they're that expensive. Yeah, it, 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 it is. It is determined because it's interesting. When I went and looked up the D license coaches classes, it yeah, says ranges for anywhere from two fifty to like four fifty. Right, and we tend to charge three seventy five in Illinois for it. So, but two fifty um, to four—that's quite a range for the D license. Yeah, which yeah, it shows there's some wiggle room to there's some some meat on the bone for the teachers and the people running it if they want to. So anyway, no. so so two of the three hosts, two thirds of us who actually are involved in soccer, and then there's Chris who just watches soccer and drinks a hell of a lot at, at the Highbury, which by the way should sponsor us as well. Come to think of this, come to think oh, of Joe, it, Chris. Uh, yeah. Um, is Maybe I'll Pat and I are, are going to be grassroots licensed coaches? Oh, by the way, Pat, have you looked at the amount of time commitment that go, goes in with the D license? Yes, it's a lot. 
March. It's, it's three, three days, it's three and then days, two days, and then another three. Yeah, and then you have to like put something out in practices and write it up, write up on it. And it was funny. I was again. I was going back to talking to Ben, who's the head of coaching. He's looking to do his B license. And he's like, those get and insane. His, and they and it does. I mean, him and his wife, they're do they're expecting their third early next year, I, I believe it is. And he's like, I all he does is runs a soccer club. So and he's in his stay at home and he watches his kids. You know, he's a stay at home dad. And he's looking at going. I don't have the time to do this. I'm like. What is it's like getting a master's? And he goes, no. And this is a guy who's got a master's in education. Going, it's exactly like getting a master's. When the B license is that insane, it scares me to what the A is. And getting into the A license coaches is so. So I guess Pat, the question is, is again, it's kind of because of what's happened that the the players coming in in this generation are so bad. Is that why we've moved to this grassroots and these night all these play? No, play, I honestly think it, it's it's the same as when they took over the DA. I think the the intent was, the pitch was that they can make it more accessible, and they did they did succeed at that. But the intent was that they actually wanted more control over it because previously the so there when there was a D and an E. Um, those were both done at the state level, and the states did them differently, and then U.S. Soccer would recognize that. And then they added U.S. Soccer added the F for a while, which was an online course for basically parent coaches of little kids, which was a good idea. They revamped grassroots. Then they took away the F, and then they revamped grassroots to be um, basically the replacement for the E. And I, I do think it's a good idea. It's a little bit cheaper, and it gets more people in the door if they want to. I don't know what they're going to teach us. I have an idea: six tasks tasks of a coach, which sure. you read them seem kind of redundant. And oh, uh, right. they're incredibly they're incredibly redundant for every class. It's play, those play practice, six. play. Yeah, I, I've had to take the same concussion thing five times now. But um, so some of it doesn't seem to be working. But but as a whole, Maybe I, if I you think weren't concussed, you would realize you only took it once. That is true. Yeah. Um, this is but, a val- this is a valid point from the one who's, I think, permanently concussed. I think that it was a good idea to clean it up and make it centralized and make it more accessible. But then immediately, I mean, immediately after that though, it gets really expensive. So, um, I think you said, what three fifty? you said three seventy five for the D license. Yeah. And I assume it's just gets exponentially it goes into the thousands. I've heard that. thousands. I've heard thousands, yeah. but again, yeah. as Ben said, it's like getting a master's and I'm pretty sure if you frame it right in a resume, it's like getting a master's and so is U.S. Soccer on the right path or wrong path with this overall? Or do you want to wait and we'll come back to this in a couple of weeks and talk about it? I don't know the answer to that right now. I, I think the general idea is a good one, but somehow they might find a way to F it up. So, Well, as long as you have a name Burhalter involved, I'm pretty sure it's going to be jacked up. So there's that. And again, um, I know I asked about this earlier. I'm going to ask about it one more time because Lord knows I can. In a month, we the U.S. plays Canada in Orlando. Anyone want to play? Let's get let's get way too early predictions on this game. Um, I don't know. I, we were wrong about Cuba because we all uh, thought the game was going to be closer than it was. I said four nothing. I think I was it on was the right seven. Track. You were wrong by almost fifty percent. By the way, I was on the right track. <laughs> 
Um, Correct. I think Chris and I had it. Like I was far off. I was far off. Yeah, Chris, you had two nothing. I think I had three nothing. Do we really think that being at home will really matter? I, no. Orlando's not going to draw for this game. I am tending to think it will be uh, <clears throat> something along the lines of um, two one Canada. Yeah, one nothing or two one, it could go either way. Honestly, it won't be. I would say fifty five percent chance Canada wins, forty five percent chance we win. Right now, I guess I was going to say I think my thought it my my prediction is two nothing, Canada wins again. Is that I, the, I, is that I, it? I, then? I if he loses again to Canada, is that it? If he loses twice nope. to Canada in a month, no, Doubt because J, because Jay is there. Because but at some point, the failures become so significant that when the CEO is your brother, it doesn't matter. I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not one to go it, as much as you guys are into the dark places of U.S. soccer Twitter, saying the nepotism of U.S. soccer. But I'm sorry, this to me is, it's becoming a problem because this team is absolute pants. <sighs> Garbage, and I, if, if, if it doesn't change. No, he's going to let them play this out, and they're. But again, yeah, they're not going to fire him if they're. If they're not going to fire him to fire him. Anybody, if they're making the correct decision to fire him, would have an idea of who's coming in, in his place. If, whether it's if they were making the correct decision to fire him, it would have been today. Right. And fuck it, just bring in President Mozzarella for all I care. I don't. It's. <laughs> <laughs> you went there. Well done. Well done. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm maybe good, sometimes I'm maybe shit. <laughs> I still like I, I texted Pat earlier today. I'm like, we need to get into the, the show the show opening. What are what are we doing here? I that needs to show up somewhere in the, in the opening. Pat, so you get to work on I'll that's I'll re edit it at some point. That's your homework at some point. Yeah, we really do. At twenty five episodes I think we need this team is pants. What do you? What is this phrase? You pants. I. I you know what? I saw it with. Uh, Wait, with the Men in when they were actually still writing it. I. I haven't heard it in years, but. Yeah, it, it goes back to like the Korea Japan. It was. It was the Men in Blazers when they were. I think it was Davies or whichever one it was writing for ESPN two. Kept saying like when they were bad performance, he called it pants, and I'm like, that just sounded funny. So I've just kind of run with. Oh, no, no, it's it's older than that. I just I haven't. No, I know heard, that's what I that's heard what I saw it in Korea years. Japan, yeah, and. We should okay. bring it back then. Are you trying to bring oh, it back? Well, no, I no, I'm just lame and old. Chris man. wanted to bring back get, get fucked. Get fucked. No, I I just think they sucked, and I just thought it was a nicer way of phrasing it, so that you know, trying to keep this as I let you guys do most of the swearing, so I I just kind of figured, hey, it's they're terrible. It's not a good, it's not a good side. I'm I'm looking for I'm looking at the game in Orlando, and guys, what does Christian Pulisic think right now about his life? What he? How he's twenty one now? Is he? Is he of legal drinking age? He is. He's incredibly rich and famous, and probably pulls pretty well. But you know, if if he wasn't if he wasn't rich and good looking, suicide would be an option. You know, what, like, <laughs> like as Dave Chappelle pointed out, as Dave Chappelle pointed out, Anthony Bourdain killed himself, and that motherfucker had the best job in the world. So. 
suicide can pretty much hit anyone at any time. Like, no, those types of thoughts I don't think are. But seriously, I, like, how... I, I, I'm going to go back to Robert Altman and just say suicide is painless. Seriously, <laughs> though, he's got to be feeling pretty down right now. Well, yeah, he's got the flu. I mean, the fucking flu. I mean, like, he, he's, you know, <laughs> old Lamps isn't playing him. And uh, he comes to the national team, and we lose to Canada. I feel bad He's for the guy. Certainly it's... not feeling like uh, this is a good place for him to be, and it it really did nothing to try and uh, get him a spot back either. No, it it absolutely did nothing, and it's that's it's, a good point. That's a good point. It, but you look at, like I said, you you, you kind of going around Twitter. You look at the old school national Alexi and um, uh, what's his name, the super sub, and everybody who is t- commenting on this game, Stuart Holden, Twelman. It's like there was no heart in this. Somebody needs to step in and actually give this team a heartbeat because Lord knows Burhalter is not going to do it. They need to win in spite of Burhalter, not because of Burhalter, which is it depresses me to say it because I thought this guy was smart and would figure this this crap out. But I, I, I think I think Bruce Arena nailed it. He, it's you have a club manager trying to coach a national team and it, it's not working. It's a, you you get them once every two months. You have. 48 hours to put in a game plan. You don't have time to try and change the whole system unless you have guys that are playing in that kind of system and they're not. So it's depressing. It's depressing as hell at this point. All right, let's get to final thoughts. We're at, we're almost a hundred minutes. So 25 episodes. We've survived this long. Chris, what do you got for final thoughts on this one? I got nothing else. You're done. Pat, you got anything of genius? Only one of us drives a minivan, but all three of us can call ourselves dad. That's so damn profound, so dad. So deep and such such great thoughts, and only one of us lives close to Noon Whistle, so screw you, Pat. I do want to add, bring this point up. Will every executive from CONCACAF be in attendance for the U.S.-Cuba reverse fixture being hosted by Cuba in the Cayman Islands? Will every uh, FIFA executive be at that game? They're more likely to attend that than they are the uh, World are Cup. Are we in seriously the US. playing them in the Caymans? We're playing them in the Cayman Islands. Oh I'm my thinking God, I didn't FIFA, know that. I'm thinking every FIFA executive will be at that game to make deposits. Oh my God, that's so amazing! I can't believe it's, I didn't know that until now. It's I couldn't think of any better place for it to be realistically. Every Concacaf exec, every UEFA exec, every FIFA exec, anybody. In that, it's going to be at that game. Everyone who's everyone in FIFA will be. Because they, they've got money, they've got to deposit or withdraw. It's just yeah, that simple. pretty much. As they, as they move toward to the chuck for the chuck, and league. and they won't get arrested. So exactly as they're moving as the game moves forward <coughs> to the place up. So, and at that point, we're done. Yeah.